Well, good morning. I'm glad that you're joining us this morning. Uh, for those of you who don't know, my name's Sean. I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm so glad that you're joining us for an Easter celebration today. Now, if you've been around church before, you probably know this, but if you haven't, um, most churches have a little bit of an Easter tradition, and it begins this way. I'm going to say... He is risen, and then you're going to respond, and you're going to say, he's risen indeed. Now, I know that you may be just sitting with a couple people. You may be sitting alone somewhere watching this, um, but hey, it's still a day of celebration, and we're here. I'm here. You're here. So let's do this together, okay? So here it goes. You ready? He is risen. He is risen indeed. Awesome. Yeah, amen. I mean, this is the good news that we celebrate today. I'm so glad you've joined us. Uh, we have you ever been to a, a, a concert? I know obviously it's been more than a year, but like a big stadium concert. There's a moment before the concert begins that there's just this anticipation building. It always seems like the concert starts way later than anybody else intended on it starting. And, uh, um, the, the, you know, they've got the opening acts going and then it goes dark for a while. And maybe they play some stuff and you see a little movement going on, but it's pretty dark. And then... Almost always at a stadium concert, it begins with the first note. And there's a, a strum on a guitar, there's an electric guitar riff, there's a, a drum solo, there's a, something on the keys, there's something where it just, the place erupts with anticipation. And there's that song that you know that the person or band does that just you know from the first note. There are some songs. In fact, we made a whole TV show called Name That Tune on trying to guess the name of a song based on the first note. Uh, there's, a, there's Here's some of them. Like, for example, see if you can guess these ones. I'm going to give you maybe more than the first note, depending on the song, but here you go. You ready? Here, let's see if you know this one. Is this the real... Right? I mean... That quartet, I mean, you know it immediately, right? That's Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, here's another, here's another one. I mean, within two beats of the piano, you know that's Don't Stop Believing," right? Uh, here's another, here's a little bit older one. Do you know that one? Beatles fans, you got to know that one. Hard Day's Night, right? Um, one, when I was doing some YouTube searching on this, uh, it was this was often considered the most mysterious and magnificent opening of a song. I don't really know. I don't know music enough. Here's one. Let's see a little bit more um, obscure. Not obscure, but a little bit harder to guess the beginning. You ready? I mean, some of you know that right away, right? That's 9 to 5. Dolly Parton. In fact, I just watched a documentary, and she's, she, she came up with the start of that song, clanking her nails together. That's where that came from. Anyways, um, here, here's the last one. Here's one. It's start of baseball season. Uh, just opened this last week. Baseball season opened, so here's, here's one we got to play for baseball season. I, I mean... It just gets you excited to eat a hot dog and sit out at a ballpark and, and sing a little song together. There, there are some songs that just from that first note, you know the song. And, and, and a lot of times we know the words and we bust into singing every verse and every chorus. 
Um, the, the Bible, the, this, this book is, is much like a song. In fact, it begins with a song. In Genesis 3, uh, Genesis 1, it begins with a, uh, maybe more specific, it begins with a poem, but let's be honest, a, a poem is just a song that doesn't yet have music to it. And uh, it begins with a poem about God creating everything in the way it's supposed to be. The way it's supposed to be. And, 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 and then things break. And that's the world that we live in now, is a, is a broken world, a world where there's death and disease and anger and bitterness and violence and heartache and, and sorrow. These things that were never in the way God created things to be in the book of Genesis. And everything fractures in Genesis 3. It breaks into this um, verse chorus rhythm, like a song, right? A, a song, you, you know, the verse chorus, it repeats over and over again. And, and, and that's kind of what, when you read through the rest of the Bible, especially the Old Testament, that's kind of what it feels like is this verse course rhythm of brokenness, disease, brokenness, anger, brokenness, rebellion, brokenness, abuse. And we've gotten so, and, and this is the world we live in. For many of us, we've become acutely aware this last year of the brokenness that we live in. In fact, we become so used to brokenness in this world world, something that was never intended for this world, that we just think that it's normal. It's just what happens. You just, like the chorus comes after the verse, like the verse comes after the chorus, just over and over and over again. It just repeats. And, and maybe today you find yourself in what just feels like a um, spiral of repetition of brokenness, brokenness in relationships, brokenness in finances, brokenness in your personal life, brokenness in your heart, brokenness, brokenness, brokenness over and over again. And like the most unpleasant song we've ever sung, it just feels like we're stuck in this loop of verse, chorus, verse, chorus, verse, chorus. Kind of feels like this. You, you know the song. This is the song that never ends. It goes on and on, my friends. Some people started singing it, not knowing what it was. And then they started singing it forever just because this is the song that never ends. And now this is stuck in your head for the rest of this. I don't know where I'm going with this. Anyway, uh, but it just feels like, it can feel like we live in a cycle of brokenness. And that everywhere we turn, that we look for seasons of rest and respite from the brokenness. But this book tells us that the world that we live in is a world marred, scarred, groaning, Romans tells us, because of brokenness. And feels almost like a predictable song that just keeps repeating the same chorus over and over again. But the truth is, is that that's not how this song began. Not only did it begin in Genesis with God creating everything good, even in the brokenness. You know the story in Genesis 3. Uh, Adam and Eve eat from the fruit and uh, they rebel. 
They, they want to be God. They want to be in control. They want to be independent. They believe that they can live apart from God. And so they rebel against his good command to them. And, and he leaves them a tree that he tells them not to eat from so that they have the choice to be obedient or not, to, to, to be in communion with him or not. And they choose that they don't want his presence. They don't want his good creation. They don't want every, they don't want to live life the way he designed it to. They want to be their own king. They want to be in charge. And so they eat from this fruit and God shows up and he, he says, there's, there's consequences now. The, 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 the death has entered into everything, everything. And at one point he says this, he's speaking to the uh, serpent who was part of this whole equation as well. And it says this in Genesis 3 verse 15. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise you on the head, or uh, most literally means crush your head, and you shall bruise him or crush him on the heel. But that's kind of a little bit of a weird veil. It doesn't always make a lot of sense to us. But theologically, this is a hugely significant verse. This is actually what theologians call the proto-evangelium. Uh, it comes from the Latin to mean the first gospel or most literally the first good news so look at it with me for a second it says this um that uh i will put enmity between you and the woman between your seed and her seed now now look at that that's important because it's singular you see, even in the first moments of brokenness entering into the creation, there is a looking forward, there's a hope of a seed, a descendant of a woman that would bring reconciliation and restoration to all things from the very moment. In fact, it says um, in, in like this really powerful, awesome, yeah, hoorah kind of way, it says that he, singular, shall crush you on the head and you shall crush him singular on the heel uh, one theologian put it this way that this verse that it is the first note of god's redemptive intention from the very beginning god begins to unveil a song to creation and we've heard the verse in course over and over and over again. All you have to do is turn on the news or open your Facebook feed or just live life for a week or two. And you know the brokenness that we see in Genesis is all throughout our world, all throughout our lives. Rebellion and abuse and brokenness all in us and all around us. But even from the very beginning, when creation begins to sing a song of brokenness, God begins to sing a different song. He begins to sing a song of redemption. And if only we would hear, it would be like the very first note of the most famous songs. That it's an illusion, that it's, that it's a, a foreshadowing, that Jesus is beginning, that God is beginning to declare something into creation about what he's going to do. That as the stage seems dark, 
and lonely and desolate, that in those moments, God is about to do something. And this is that first down strum on the guitar. This is that first chord on the piano of God declaring that he is singing a new song, a different song. There's a thing about songs. They, They have a pretty predictable structure, right? In a song, you go from a verse to a chorus, a verse to a chorus. Maybe if you want to get really creative, um, you'll have like an intro that's a little bit different and then a verse and then you might even have a pre-chorus or a tag and then you'll have a chorus and then you'll go into it another verse and maybe a musical interlude and a pre-chorus and a chorus but then there's one spot of the song. It's always my favorite part of the song. In fact, a lot of times when I'm listening to songs, I'll fast forward to this part of the song just so I can hear this part of the song. The, 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 the part of the song is the bridge. It's the bridge. It changes everything about the song. Uh, Aaron was telling me that in one of his uh, songwriting classes when he was in college, his professor said this. He said, the bridge is the place to tell a different story. The bridge is the place to tell a different story. There's a really great song that does this probably more profoundly and beautifully than any other song that's been written. Um, let me see if you recognize the song by the first, uh, first beginning of the song. You ready for it? Here it comes. He said, I'll love you till I die. You know it? You know who sings it? Old country song? George Jones. He stopped loving her today. When you listen to the song and you listen to the verse and chorus, it sounds like a song about a guy who gave up on his love for this woman. That um, he loved her, he swore he'd love her to his dying day, she left, and then, you know, he says this line that he stopped loving her today. He stopped loving her today. And you kind of get a little, like, resentment towards the dude. You're like, come on, like, this is depressing and disappointing that you made such a bold statement of love and declaration, and yet you stopped. And, but then the bridge comes. The bridge comes. And, 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 and listen, listen to the bridge right here. You know, she came to see him one last time. Oh, and we all wondered if she would. And it kept running through my mind. This time, he's over her for good. He stopped loving her today. It placed a reef upon his door. And soon they'll carry him away. He stopped loving her today. You see, in the bridge, George tells us a different story. You learn that the song isn't actually about a man who gave up on his love for this woman. It's about a man who loved this woman until the day that he died. 
And then he was faithful to his commitment, to his promise that he would love her till the day that he died. And, and in the bridge, the song changes. You see, we come to Easter, we come to today to celebrate the bridge of this story. The, 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 the moment that the, the whole song changes, the story of creation pivots and what we thought was going on changes so dramatically. It changes the whole story we know of this life. You see, for many of us and for much of this book, for the story that this book tells, it's a story of brokenness and betrayal and brokenness and failure and brokenness and fear and brokenness and rebellion so much so that we've become so normalized to that that we think that that's what's reality is and yet in the resurrection of Jesus God sings a different song that changes the whole story he sings a bridge that tells us a different story than we've been expecting or feeling all along. In fact, Colossians, uh, Paul describes it this way. It, it says this, he being Jesus is also the head of the body, the church. He is, listen to this, the beginning of the firstborn from the dead. That when Jesus died on the cross, that that wasn't the end of the story. That Jesus dying on the cross wasn't another story of disappointment and failure and brokenness. But that he was the firstborn. Firstborn from the dead. So that he himself will have come to a first place in everything. For as the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him and through him, li listen to this, listen to this. This is the story of the bridge. This is the song of the bridge. This is what changes everything. This is what we rejoice and celebrate in Easter. That through him to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his Christ, th through the blood of the cross having made peace through the blood of the cross to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of the cross. You may feel stuck in a cycle and a rhythm of brokenness. You may feel like when you look around this world, all you see is brokenness and decay and death and failure, and bitterness, and anger, and hurt. But we come this Easter to join with God in singing a bridge, in singing the bridge that pivots everything, that changes everything, that changes the story of everything that we know about this world we live in. A bridge that declares God's unfailing love. That declares God's sovereignty over all of creation. That declares God's sovereignty even over death. That as Colossians says that he could be the firstborn of the dead. That even death can't have victory in the face of what Jesus wants to do. That the the, the greatest signal of brokenness and decay and rebellion in this world is crushed under the foot of Jesus. That yes, 
that yes, he was crushed on that cross, that he was given in our place, that his blood was shed and poured out for us. But in this most profound and unexpected way, in Jesus being crushed, he crushes death and evil and darkness and brokenness in everything. So today, so today, if you find yourself spinning in a, in, a, in a world of brokenness and fear, there's hope because we don't have to keep singing the same verse and chorus of brokenness and death that God is inviting you today to join him in singing a new song and singing a bridge of life and hope. So this Easter, may we never forget that the song doesn't end in death, it ends in birth. The song doesn't end in death, decay, it ends in wholeness and life. That the song doesn't end in destruction or division, it ends in reconciliation of all things. It ends in joy and hope. And the invitation to you today is to sing a new song with Jesus, to sing a song of new life and new hope. If you don't know that new hope, you don't know that new life, you don't know the tune of that bridge, we would love to connect with you. We'd love to talk with you. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to share life with you. We'd love to sing with you that new bridge. And the easiest way you can do that is to text the word Monmouth to the number 97,000 and fill out a connect card today. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, Let's sing a bridge of redemption and new life. Love you guys.